The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast, find out about our Patreon half-stitched episodes, and more. Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 2 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. Today we'll be talking about crafts that make us hesitate a little. Yes. Like, do I really want to do this? Should I try this? I don't know. Kind of like how I hesitated to even start a podcast. It all worked out, but, you know. (laughs) Well, I also hesitated to join you in the podcast Uh that was my idea, even though, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we already know that we can do things that make us hesitate a little. So I I don't know why we still hesitate, but it happens. (laughs) Because we are creatures of habit anxiety and creativity (laughs) and those things do a little complicated dance yeah it's an interesting mix it generally works out yeah (laughs) yeah uh so before we dive headfirst into that world of stress and excitement (laughs) we'd just like to say a quick thank you to all of our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us over on Patreon. Yay! You are all the absolute best, and we are super excited to be starting season five with you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you do not happen to be a member of our Patreon, you might be excited to know that there is an entire, well, uh, like four and change season backlog of bonus episodes for you to listen to. So uh, you you might want to. Go check it out. Go check it out. Indeed. So um, I... I do like, though, how you were like, before we dive into that, as if, like, I think the point of this topic is that we're barely dipping our toe in. We're we're a little fr- afraid to dive in, but it that was a great, I, we're, we're, we're more willing to dive into talking about it than actually doing the things. So that's fine. It's fine. Well, we are weirdly willing to dive into a lot more complicated things often. That is true. That is true. There there have been many things where I was just like, yeah, fine, I can do this. I've never done it before, but go for it. And then and then these things are more like the Oh, I don't know. I know I know a little bit, but maybe I shouldn't. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing just enough to know you're intimidated. Mhm. That. It is um there are definitely some things that that intimidate me. Again, yeah. doesn't mean that they're not doable. In fact, I think there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of like craft techniques and even like specific projects where the designers have done a really good job of equipping you for said oh, yeah. thing. That that has nothing to do with it. It's all no. how you look at the thing and go, "Ooh, should I though?" <laughs> yeah, and I think the funny thing is like 
after five seasons and, you know, a, a decade plus of blogging and writing projects, like those of you who have been in the crafting community and especially those of you who have known us throughout all of the various incarnations of our crafting careers might be surprised to know that there are still plenty of techniques that we have not tried and are a little afraid of. I would also say there's some that we have tried <laughs> and that's exactly why we're intimidated by them. <laughs> I Correct. I am far more intimidated by still things having to do with my sewing machine than any like large scale hand sewn project that oh, just still same. is how it is. So well, there's just a level of control that you mm -hmm. have in hand sewing. Like you can fidget around and make things work in a way that you can do with the sewing machine, but sewing machines move. Sometimes yes. more quickly than you would like yeah. them to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, now, mind yeah. you, I will also say I've been stabbed. I've stabbed my fingers more hand sewing than has ever. I've never actually, you know, knock on wood, I've never sewn through my finger on a sewing machine. But that yeah. doesn't make it That doesn't I make it less I intimidating. I need to knock on all the wood now, too, because <laughs> I also haven't. And um, I don't want to. So hold yeah. on. I'm going to do a very... Solid knock. All right. Oh, I woke up Biggie. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Big Stuff. He's like, grumble, grumble, grumble. I'm a cat. <laughs> That's accurate. That is accurate. Yes. Um, okay, so what is your, what's top of, top of the list intimidating project for you or technique? Right. I... I really like the way smocking looks. Uh-huh. And I even understand how it works. I mean, it's folding and geometry. I, yeah. I understand that. But I have... And you can make such cool, intricate designs. Mm -hmm. It sort of reminds me of uh, black work embroidery. Yes, in yeah, its, I, I absolutely like connect to those three dimensional in my mind. Mm -hmm. expression yeah. of sort of those geometric patterns. Yeah. Um, and I really, really love black work embroidery. And so I have been eyeing smocking, I have looked into it, and a part of it is that smocking is most often done on bodices at least mm -hmm. smocking that i see yeah and i have not historically needed any emphasis uh -huh. up there yeah um simply from a like fabric um hanging yeah yeah because sense. it it creates like under the smocking it creates more volume yeah so it creates yeah. volume and structure mm -hmm. and so I have a very short waist, and so there isn't enough additional fabric to weight uh, the um, the smocking to make it sit nicely. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, I could 
absolutely do a more tailored thing. Sure. Um, that would make that make a fitted bodice or something. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just I like it so much and I feel like I would be so disappointed with the outcome, even if it looked beautiful on my dress form. Yeah. So it that's it's interesting that that, first of all, it's almost interesting that we have never talked about smocking on the podcast before. I don't think. We haven't? I don't think we have. I think we've discussed chicken scratch, which I also connect with uh, chicken yeah. scratch embro- embroidery. Um, I connect it with uh, smocking. But my cousin's wife, when uh, my, my cousins are a fair amount older than I am. And mm-hmm. so, like, they were. Mine too. Yeah. So. They were having kids that are more like my siblings, my younger siblings' ages. So we're kind of, you know, in that, like, in-between stage. But anyway, so she had a smocking machine, and she made all kinds of things for um, their kids. Oh, I used to have a smocking machine. I maybe still do at my mom's. Yeah. I'd completely forgotten about that until you just said something. I think we've talked about that on the podcast. Have we? Because I don't remember. But I I just... Maybe. My <laughs> my context for smocking is um, like the little, cl- the little dresses that I wore as a child and then my cousin's children um, all wearing their handmade smocked outfits that, you know, she did some very cool things with the... With You know, there was amazing things that you could do with it. And I don't know how it, you know, what, how hers functioned and what, how much was like programmed or just done uh, by following a, a pattern or whatever. But I really, if I remember correctly, smocking machines are not like sewing machines. They are uh, almost guides. Could be, know. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I don't, look it up while we talk. Okay. About um, but when I, you know, that was I was like probably a teenager when I was more aware of her making things. So now, as an adult, the idea of attempting to oh, smock yes. by hand, like pleating and then actually doing all of the stitches by hand, uh, that is. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's fascinating to me. I don't know that it would intimidate me, but I just haven't it had. What if you purpose. saw this machine? <laughs> All right. Well, now we'll look. Now we'll look. <laughs> uh, I I now remember why it it looks a lot like a paper cutter almost. Hmm. Um, like it's that shape, or maybe a book binder. Like okay. it's, a, you know, a comb binder. That's what it looks like. It looks like a comb binder. So it's a like long cylinder there's a lot going on i'm not entirely sure how to use it there are a bunch of needles i i don't i it seems almost like a loom but 3d okay uh and i i will add a link perfect this is very difficult to explain and i i do have one i don't know where it is but i do have one (laughs) i like um I like mm-hmm. that it. Uh, that it's also pulled up that maybe I would also like an ultimate ruffler. 
that has been suggested by Google for me. So, yeah. <laughs> I have a ruffle foot. I, uh, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I often also don't see smocking exist in a grown-up context. Yes. And I feel like that sort of crisp geometric the like those style lines could look really really cool in an expertly fitted mm-hmm. grown-up piece but if it isn't done in that way you probably look five yes, yes. i definitely look five <laughs> if i am wearing just a traditionally smocked piece i assume I do not own any. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? That is not true. I have one dress mm-hmm. with elastic smocking. Oh, sure. Which is an entirely different animal. That yeah. is that is how I've seen um, like the maxi dresses, sometimes right. strapless maxi dresses. The smocking is the thing that holds them up. Right. Well, I was even thinking that along like a waistband where you oh yeah you know yeah. where you would want to bring the fabric in that that would make sense and be a different take on the you know baby doll dresses that i always envision when thinking of smocking but yeah that are coming back into style because <sighs> the clothing of our youth i i just i can't i can't <laughs> i mean i want to be like oh no but also I looked great in combat boots and baby doll dresses, and okay, that I, I will still accept that own yeah. those, yeah, because I have not changed. I did not grow, but the, <laughs> the difference is some of these things they were cute then and they're still cute now. Some of them were awful then and they're still awful now. So that's that's you have to find the the line there yeah i'm gonna go ahead and not do brown lipstick i think that's i think that's wise i think that's wise yeah it never worked for me anyway because i i do not have lips that are a neutral color um but oh (laughs) i do not need that trend to come back it probably already has i it could have come and gone the way that things happen now um okay <laughs> we have just become old. Yeah, it's I true. It's true. That. I'm embracing it though. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Just now. Similarly, I have embraced, you know, being a guinea pig lady. You know, it's like it's like a cat lady, but with guinea pigs. I am a bit cat lady too, but I only have one cat, so I don't know if you're a guinea pig lady if you only have two guinea pigs, but it's fine. But you have two guinea pigs and a bonus cat. Exactly. And so I feel like that that all, Mm -hmm. the math works. Yeah, I I mean. I have three cats and seven snails. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, But yeah, so, which the guinea pig lady thing leads me to a very intimidating pattern that I recently purchased from my friend Kristen, who is Wooly Petals online. And... I was, it's one of those patterns where you look at it and you think it should probably be foundation paper piecing, which I wouldn't necessarily love to do. I would 
consider doing it in English paper piecing because that's, you know, my comfort level. But intimidating is that it's traditionally pieced. So you cut all of the pieces and you sew all the pieces together to make a quilt block that is a guinea pig. And it's so cute. And All right, that's a delight. And my friend Kristen has already made, I think, eight or nine blocks. It, she has not yet made a full quilt out of it, but she's obviously made lots of these. And the pattern has been very thoroughly tested. And my friend Stephanie has made several and offered me one of her blocks. She's like, if you'd like one, just so that you have one that's finished. I was like, no, that's cheating. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's cheating if you have multiple friends contribute and it's yes, part of the love. But if I do it to avoid sewing it, then that's cheating to me. Agreed. So, yes. you know, if I, you know, but here's, here's the thing. So I, we've, the, the three of us, um, Kristen and Stephanie have, I, and I have talked about how like the worst part of quilting to me and they are fine. Agree with this is like the cutting the fabric. So that's part of it is just cutting these pieces. That's why I have an AccuQuilt machine. Can you set it to all of the specific sizes of things that you need to cut? That's the no. question. Uh, well, not, I mean, traditional blocks, yeah. Right, yeah. But so I think that you can actually probably get custom. Well, and you probably could. The But it wouldn't make any sense. Right. I think in this case, you might even be able to use some of the typical styles of, of blocks and you could cut them down then, or, you know, the pieces and then cut them down. And I think that... Looking at how this particular quilt block is done, you know, she's organized the pieces really, really well. Um, it looks so cool. It's it's really cute. Please go check it out, listeners, because it's it's adorable. Um, but she, you know, it's all it's all listed very, very well. <laughs> Every time out. I look at it, I just want to smile and I know make happy noises. Um, yeah, you could weak like a guinea pig, but um, but you would need to like. You could cut pieces and then cut them down or cut multiples and then cut them down. But the, here's the thing. This quilt block, and I don't want to scare anyone else off of the quilt block, but I just want to be clear that there's a hundred <laughs> pieces to make an 18-inch quilt block. I think it's 18 inches. Um, uh, yeah. I, and this is a meant-to-be-hand quilt or hand-pieced, right? No. It's sewn on the machine. Oh. So there's some very small pieces. That's... <laughs> <laughs> there's one inch half square triangles in this. Um, I feel like I would just hand piece it. And that's maybe what I actually need to do. Maybe that... Because I feel like that is less barrier to entry for me personally. And, you know, it's... I'm not I'm not opposed to, to hand sewing a quilt. Yeah. Not even English paper piecing. I mean, I but might just, you machine... Know, piece some together of it. the blocks yeah yeah but huh. or obviously do the quilting but i really feel like i it would be about three times less intimidating to me i mean not having to get out a machine and having it be a thing i can pick up and put down yeah is generally speaking why i don't machine so many quilts right i can i just don't yeah you really you really need to have a chunk of time to to just sit down and do the thing that's why i hand 
So well, you may have just like huh. broken this whole thing down, huh? Oh boy, that's because I'm fancy. <laughs> yeah, what's dangerous is now I'm gonna want to go not like, at all fancy. <laughs> and now I'm gonna go want to pull fabrics for this for this guinea pig. So hmm. I feel fine about enabling this process. I, I thank you for thank you for this. Wow. Because the I mean the seams I are not all that long on these, so it's it's very yeah. reasonable to to do that. I think it would be a lot faster to hand piece this. I mean, most things are not faster to hand piece, but I feel like with this many moving parts and the size of some of the smallest ones, yeah, that it would actually be very easy to hand piece and. Not at all easy to machine piece part I, of this. I I I which can't is even... not to say this isn't a lovely pattern. <laughs> right. I mean, if it not, I I feel like my featherweight would like this pattern. Right. But my Bernina would not. Right. And and I think like again, this wouldn't be intimidating to everyone. I'm not. It, you know, like it's a lot. But if you do things like this it's regularly, not hard. Right. Exactly. No, it's very it, it's very straightforward how it all goes together, but yeah. um, lots of tiny sewing on a machine is intimidating to me personally because of how I sew or don't sew. But I I can't I even think express that's intimidating anyway. Yeah, but like small pieces, no matter how good you are, it's easy to screw up a small piece. Yeah, but I I feel like this overwhelming sense of joy at the idea that I I now have a way to make this happen much easier than I was ever expecting. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do it a little at a time. Yeah. I mean, I I yes, I because I did not realize that it was machine pieced, my brain automatically went to Oh, obviously, these are very small pieces. You would hand piece them. But I also am coming from, like, most of my quilting is English paper piecing yeah. because I like hand sewing. Right. Well, and that's that's just it. If it were... You actually could. Yeah. I, well, if it had been foundation paper piecing, I would have done it English paper piecing by hand and not thought anything yeah, exactly. of it. Um, it's a little trickier when it's when the pattern is written for traditional piecing. So, yeah. Well, Although I don't think that that will be an issue here no, because it's, the pieces are so small. This is going to be It will be easy to This is going to be amazing. Yes. Next Ta-da! time next time we record, I have a feeling I will have started this project. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out. Oh, I I hope so very much. Um and let me know if I can contribute a block at some point. Okay. All um, right. <laughs> maybe I've, even an entirely different I, I have just gone from, if I could make one of these guinea pigs and make it into a pillow, that would be good, to I think I'm going to be able to make all of the guinea pigs that have ever been part of my life. Like, it suddenly feels attainable. Whoa. Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Do you know it would look really cool? What? Putting them on a jacket. Oh, my goodness. That would only fit one See, guinea pig per jacket. A I think. Bag. 
tote bag would work. I think there because of the size of it, you know, a jacket I would have to, you know, fitting more than one guinea pig would be would be a little tricky in this case. But that's fair. Um, I mean, but you can always scale it down if you're hand piecing. You can make a small one. I like how we've gone from their one inch half square triangles to make it smaller. <laughs> but if but it's possible doing it by hand. Exactly. It but like also, as long as you can still maneuver that needle. <laughs> I feel like having like five throw pillows of all of my guinea pigs, though, would be super cute. Oh, I vote for that one. Yeah. Yes. Because then you could Absolutely. like snuggle them too. So like that or a framed wall of like, I don't know. I'm picturing Warhol guinea pig. Oh my goodness. Which would be cute, oh, okay. especially if you were to do them in like wild colors, right? That you're reading my mind. Oh boy. All right. So now we've created <laughs> multiple entirely new projects. <laughs> you know, I was... I was a little bit nervous about, like, trying to get back into the swing of the podcast, but here we are, sitting here, making small things bigger and big things smaller, like, in the blink of an eye. So, all right. Indeed. (laughs) All right, thanks for that. Well, gosh, now I'm excited about that pattern. I mean, it was cute already, but (laughs) now I'm I'm thinking about, oh... I babysat the class guinea pig when I was five. Oh! <laughs> Over Christmas. Oh, nice. I was so excited. I have never been more excited about anything um, the, than the class guinea pig they're, coming home with me. They're such sweet little creatures. I mean, oh, they obviously His name have... was Guinea. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I approve. They made adorable noises. Yes. They, they are. Well, I mean, sometimes mine make demanding noises, but... It's still adorable, yes. so. <laughs> well, in my 20s, I had a guinea pig named Luca. Cute. That I got when he was tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Mine were just, like, palm-sized when I brought them home, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Listen. Yeah. Guinea pigs are adorable. They are. I will take absolutely... No other thoughts on that <laughs> subject. Same. Yes. Same. Uh, all right. What else What else intimidates you when it comes to crafts? All right. So uh, you know how I, I like like 1920s sort of art deco yes. style things? Yes. Um, and you may recall the um, ridiculous beaded dress that I wore to the Emmys many years ago yeah amazing yeah well that dress um was very heavy for the (laughs) record oh my goodness um but it was made with a technique called tambour beating i am familiar with it yeah well i i knew what it was without knowing what its name Mm -hmm. was um and I did not make this dress, but someone hand beaded yeah. that dress with glass beads. And um, my goodness, I hope they got paid enough money for it. And I'm sure that they did not. Yeah, cause, because was... really, 
beautiful. What is enough money when considering some of these techniques that are so labor intensive? <laughs> Sincerely, you could not. I, yeah. I can't think of a price that you could name yeah. that would make me do that or not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so if you're not familiar with tambour beating, uh, it's like when you think of really intricate beaded uh, wearables, although it doesn't need to be wearable, um, like when you have, it's almost like the satin stitching of of beading mm -hmm. um, because it's often used, well, you can do shape outlines, but it's also like a filler right. as well. Um, I mean, you can do all manner of things, but when you think of something that is like a garment that is a beaded garment that has like a beaded design, yeah, chances are very good that it's tambour beading. And tambour beading is, it, it weirdly enough has sort of similar tools to lace making. Um, yeah, and like the actual, there's something, I think it's called a tambour hook, but Yeah, so it it's is, sometimes called a tambour needle as well. Yeah. But it, it's because it's kind of like a cross between things. Yeah, it's, it's like a sewing all. Yeah. Um, I also, I would say has a similar feeling to even like punch needle in a way. Yeah. It, it's like a very, it's a small version of that. Yeah. So um, it looks like the tool that you use um, to poke patterns in um, traditional bobbin lace making. Right. So I, I feel like I weirdly have the tool. It's possible. Um, or could make the tool yeah. work with a sewing machine needle and the thing mm -hmm. I already have. Because it's basically just a needle vise. It looks like. Yeah, I um I I have one. Um because okay. I, I actually I definitely don't. Um let me see if I can I did I actually wrote an article about what it is and so I made a point to actually try it. And Oh, cool. Uh it's <laughs> it's one of those things that requires muscle memory to make yeah. it it to have like it be done it with any level of accuracy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really does look a lot like a smaller scale version of, I get some point I made that punch needle pillow that I have never done anything with after everyone told me that I was not allowed to um, glue back it. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that I did glue back it. But I don't think I've done anything since. Okay. Um, but uh, so tambour beating is worked from the back instead of the front. Yeah. So um, if you have ever done any kind of beading work, like if you knit with beading, um, you know that basically the loop of either the yarn or thread or whatever 
like the bead goes onto that and then you pull the loop through um through to the back and then run the thread into that loop that doesn't make much sense. it's well and it's also like it kind of it creates like a chain stitch on the back yeah that that's exactly yeah. so what i'm trying to say and not saying yeah so it's yeah. uh so the back of it looks like a chain stitch and the stitch through the front is holding that bead yes in the middle of that chain yeah stitch yeah right <laughs> i i have there's a link yeah um but it's so beautiful and I think that you could probably learn to do it pretty quickly once you develop the muscle memory. But the, um, like, how tight those stitches need to be clustered together, mm -hmm. it would just require, like, I'm looking at an up-close thing, or an up-close um, project from the back right now, and it looks like satin stitch but with single strand so yeah <laughs> like it's that tightly positioned and it's just beautiful and you can make so many like really really cool like again with my liking geometric designs but i i love a geometric art deco like I don't like glitter, but I sure do like sparkle. And sparkle by way of really intricate glass beading on the right style of of clothing and the right kind of fabric, you know, so it doesn't look tacky. Yeah. Um, so it looks elegant, not tacky. Oh, I think it's amazing. And I am absolutely terrified. <laughs> of it it just it looks so overwhelming and especially since it's worked back to front you aren't looking yeah at the front while you're doing it yeah and because it's like on a it's spread on um like in a you put it in a your fabric in a frame, in a frame. yeah yeah and and a lot of times it's worked on like really delicate fabrics too where you know or like a netting or something but yes but the thing that's amazing and intimidating about it is that when you, most of the time when you see someone doing it, they are highly skilled at it, which, yeah. and they do it fast, right? Like it's, and, and it, it seems like a fair amount of it. Obviously you could follow a pattern on the back of the fabric, you know, like I know that Yeah, that and happens. I think most of the time the patterns are like transferred yeah. or even designed on the back. But there's of. still like a lot of, you know, you're working on the back, the beads are all hanging out on the front and you like work with like one hand on top and one hand on the bottom to like feed it. It's my hands are bleeding just thinking about it. It's uh, yeah, it's wow. So I and yeah. by the way, I looked while we were um while we were talking and I have no photo of w anything that I actually tested with that timber hook, which means it probably did not go well, <laughs> but I have it. I have the hook. Uh, and I do, I mean, I did, I did try it, but yeah, it's, uh, it would take a lot of practice, but like, it's still used now like for I'm modern garments. Yeah. <laughs> to, to do it because I would need to, 
by the good beads and by the beautiful fabric. Like, I don't feel like I could do half measures here. Right. I don't think I can start with a practice piece, which, like, I I am not interested yeah. in starting with yeah. practice piece. It would... It wouldn't go well your first time. Um, oh, no, it and, would be terrible. And, and that's, like, that's fine. Like, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But, it, no, it you, just, I would be mad It's about definitely it. <laughs> one of those, it takes many hours to yeah. even get, like, moderately Focus okay it. at it. <laughs> to master it is, like, you know when they say, like, how many hours? Right, exactly. It, it is yeah. one of those It's things. like carpet weavers. Yeah. Who can move so quickly and do such intricate patterns by hand yeah like that is like no matter how slowly i went that is not an option for me right but if you have grown up in a carpet weaving family yeah then in a community it becomes second nature yeah you start doing that when you're a little kid yeah muscle memory is amazing yeah yeah. Um, well, and I think the thing that's really cool about tambour beading is that it is still used in like couture uh, clothing now. Like it's not, it, yeah. this isn't well, a thing you, that went away. You have to hand place yeah, beat. Exactly. So, I mean, if you want to do, you you can do some machine beading. It's a bad but, idea. Yeah. It doesn't look how you want it to look. If you want it to look how you're imagining it in your head, and I know everyone is imagining it. <laughs> like, if you've ever seen a ridiculous wedding dress. Right. Um, yeah. Like, y- that is, that's a skill you're paying for. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering why those items are that expensive, yeah, that's part of it. Yep, exactly. Well, yep. I, I I understand, I understand the intimidation. Yeah. Uh, I think you probably would still have fun just playing with it even if you like not trying to make anything with it but just like feeling how it goes i think you would like that me (laughs) i we all know that if i do it i'm going to make a ball gown but i i think that it you might like try it and be like this is interesting and then nope uh that that could happen Uh, oh you could do it on shoes oh gosh i hadn't thought about that I, I'm thinking like a brooch, like you could hand beat a brooch. Oh, okay. <laughs> could, I like that. That would be I okay. Like yeah. Ooh, I could make something especially weird. You could. That, and that's, I obviously that's always the benefit with, with being able to make something yourself is you can make the thing that no one else would ever make. It could, I see possibility here for you. And also, I will just say a tambour beading hook or needle is not, they're not very expensive. You know, like for, for a nice piece of a thing and they come in like, there's different interchangeable needle sizes, you know, but you can, yeah. like, I want to say that I maybe paid $12 for mine and it's got like a wood handle and everything. So I could be Oh my it, goodness, yeah. anatomical beaded brooches. You know, I, I instantly was thinking like skulls and and things along those lines also things that look like crystals or you know put oh there's a lot to be done things in jars things in jars so many bell jars would be very cool uh-oh oh see now we've I, we've just got roll reversed from, uh-huh. i can't do that too <laughs> oh no could, i mean because right like to i feel like i could do you could that because it's on a small enough scale yes but you could that... still make it absolutely beautiful 
Yeah. I mean, I can make something perfect mm -hmm. that is, like, a few inches by exactly. a few inches. Yeah. Even if I'm not good at it immediately. Right. Right. Well, I guess I'm going to order a timbre. All right. I, or needle or whatever. If you, uh, if you go down that path, I might, I might pull mine out and try it again. German glass beads. Here I come. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was at, I was at Goodwill not that long ago and there was, there were multiple packs of beads that had been like sorted into little like test tubes and little ah. packet, you know, there was one whole bag of like sequins and beads that were in old prescription bottles. And I was like, I really like the person that donated these or the person that made these and then somebody else donated them. But, um, I, was it me? I, that time <laughs> I don't know, but I, <laughs> I didn't bring them home because I thought I really shouldn't do that. But you know, if, and the, yet, and yet if, if, there's timbre beating in the future i don't know i don't know oh dear we better wrap this up before we start i was gonna say more. we we cannot <laughs> continue down this rabbit hole or we are going to have like 15 new projects yeah 15 very intimidating projects <laughs> uh yeah although we have talked ourselves into them we have oh my goodness beaded mothman brooch Ooh. Go down a whole cryptid there's, alleyway. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things that would be so spectacular. But small. Moths. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it all. But <laughs> the thing is, worked on the right fabric, your beaded moths will be moth-proof. Just don't pull out the silk for it. It's fine. I mean, that's fair. That gets crunchy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, All right it, fine. it's time to go. It is time to go. Yes, <laughs> we need to go. Uh, well, uh, listeners, either talk us into it or talk us out of it. Yes. Um, or talk yourselves into or out of. Exactly. We're, we're here for all of it. Yes, you can, uh, yeah, you can send us an email or yes. find, us on, pep talk. <laughs> find us on social media where... Uh, Instagram and Twitter, we are at Serious Crafts. Facebook is Very Serious Crafts. And, you know, tell us <laughs> tell us what we should make or what... Oh, yeah. What, what can we talk you into? Maybe that's it. <laughs> yes. Tell us what we could talk you into. I just realized that I completely forgot to say on the first episode where you can find us. So, oops. And it doesn't even matter. <laughs> No, you've already found us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I think we should go. I think so. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.